Hello, um, I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic, and you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my conversation with Ike of Ike's Flame, and it's all about Star Wars. So if you didn't tune in last week, make sure you go back and listen to that because that was part one of our conversation. It serves as an introduction to Ike, as well as why he started his podcast and what Star Wars means to him, those sorts of things. And he also talks about a couple of the other fandoms he enjoys, including Marvel and Lord of the Rings. But this week, the conversation is continuing, but we speak about a wide variety of other Star Wars-centric topics. So one of the parts that we do speak about is the sequel trilogy. We speak about the Disney-era content, how we kind of feel about them, and we also talk about Star Wars Resistance, and then talk about some books. So we talk about the Thrawn and the Queens trilogies, and then we also talk about comics for a little bit, and then towards the end, we then speak about how Star Wars connects with religion and spirituality, and Ike very kindly and honestly openly speaks about how Star Wars connects to his own religious beliefs and he is a Christian. So it's a really, really well-rounded conversation. Once again, you don't have to have seen all the live-action series or every bit of Star Wars content or anything like that. If you are just a Star Wars movie watcher, this will still be a really, really enjoyable conversation for you. Uh, So make sure you check out the links in the description to Ike's website as well as where you can listen to his podcast, things like that. I also appeared in this podcast to talk about the Star Wars High Republic, the first phase of that. So make sure you listen to that conversation as well. Go support his show and follow him on social media. Now I will be back at the end of this conversation to talk about a few other bits and pieces but I'll delve into that when we get there. Uh, So without further ado I give you part two of my conversation with Ike of Ike's Flame. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and I'm your host Mike Burton. And I just think where Mandalorian didn't have this weight of expectation around it, it meant that it could kind of be free to do its own thing. And I'm Mm. thinking that that's how Rogue One kind of survived. And that's also uh, what Andor's going to be doing, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think also part of it, at least for me, is like with, I mean, Mandalorian and all those that you, and then Rogue One and Andor is like, we're also seeing like, because I always love to be able to see like, what was going like we get it so like especially during like the original trilogy and we get this a lot with rogue one and andor right now is we're getting some like what is happening in the empire kind of behind the scenes Mm. um and like we're kind of getting to see some of these side side elements of like i mean just even being able to see different planets that we didn't want to see and i mean like Andor, we have we see Coruscant in the trailers. Um, so like we even see that like up front, we're gonna see that in the Andor show. And like we I don't from my we don't see Coruscant at all in the original trilogy. And so like just even some of those, like what's Coruscant looks like gonna look like in the original, like during the time from the original trilogy. And I think just some of those things, like because we know Coruscant is such a plays such a major role is the political power in the galaxy and like that sort of thing from a planet standpoint like but we don't get any of it in the original trilogy and so i think just like some of those things behind the scenes and i think that's a lot of like what rogue one did and andor has done so far is like we get to dive into some of those and i think um that's a lot of fun and honestly i think i mentioned this earlier with kenobi show some of my favorite parts with the kenobi show is like when we got to see alderaan and a young leia and like those sorts of things that gives us more insight to what was going on during that time than just the original trilogy did. Um, and I think they're doing some similar things with the Mandalorian. And so I think I always appreciate when we get some of that, like 
as they tell a story, we also get the side background things along with it. I think it helps make those stories for Star Wars fans just that much more enjoyable and be able to see some of these things. I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to see Ed Alderaan um, during the Imperial reign and like that sort of thing, which we don't get to see. And um, so I think it's just fun to see some of that, those different aspects. I agree completely. It's very well put. Yeah, because it's there are so many in the original trilogy you know you go to certain planets but a lot of them are off world they're, they're weird sort of in the outer rim planets and things <laughs> like that because it's a rebellion trying to hide from an empire so yeah. you don't get to go to the core world you know and i agree with you completely where being a fan of things you're like okay if you're going to go to an era that i've already seen elements of show us mm-hmm. what's happening to places that are in prior er- eras of star wars in this new era so it still feels fresh you get some of yeah. those new planets and things but yeah coruscant was something that i really didn't even think about when i saw the trailer or when i watched the first episode or two i, I it didn't even th- click with me and then when i think it's episode four uh, when you go to coruscant when i saw the planet i was like oh my god i, I i'm so excited for them to go to coruscant because yeah, i've seen prequels yeah. it's so important in the original yeah. trilogy it's not even mentioned and then the sequels yeah. they completely avoided it as well yeah and it's a bit like okay what what was going on as you say what was happening at this time and the mandalorian as well kind of delves into post-imperial era mm-hmm. so yeah w- what you said there about coruscant and everything i completely agree with it's it's a really interesting concept and it's something that i'm as a star wars fan it's one of those things i get excited about is like you know we know the broad strokes of the plot but getting to see the minutiae getting to see like the imperial security bureau getting to see inside of that as well things like that yeah it's amazing yeah exactly yeah and i i just appreciate that i mean like because that reminds me like with mandalorian like it makes me like when the Death Star gets blown up, but Endor in episode six, it's like, okay, it's not like the whole empire just blew up and disappeared. Like when we get to see some of those remnants of the empire in Mandalorian and seeing kind of some of the, like the Imperial still, Imperial still trying to survive and do what they were doing and um, continue on. And so, I, I mean, I just even think like seeing some of those aspects that, we don't we want to get to see otherwise is like kind of telling that story behind the scenes um and seeing some of that i think is part of that brilliance to some of these shows yeah yeah i agree and i'm excited to see what what comes next with Andor or some of the other things because that's mm-hmm. it was funny as well because where mon mothma is uh meant to play quite a key role in Andor. yeah, yeah. before it i was like i was like, oh yeah Andor, yeah whatever I, I'll, I'll be excited because i'm a star wars fan but then once I saw Mon Mothma in the trailer, I was like, oh, she's going to be a major role. I was like, she's actually a character that I didn't realize how much I wanted to see about her until yeah. seeing it. Because as you say, behind the scenes with like the Senate and the actual how hard it must be for someone who's trying to fight an empire while trying to look like you're not. For me, yeah. the, the Mon Mothma scenes are almost more interesting to me than the mm-hmm. the rebellion elements of it almost with yeah. Andor's doing. yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, just even putting those pieces together with Mon Mothma, where she's at when we see Rebels, and um, like this is pre the Rebels uh, series, and so mm-hmm. like seeing some of that of like how she got from, I mean, we see is how she got from the prequels era to this to now like Rebels era, and seeing kind of that in between, like I will be really interesting um, as they continue on. Yeah, I agree completely. And so sort of lining in with more uh, 
expanded content and things i, I want to ask with the sequel trilogy so mm-hmm. obviously the sequel trilogy is something that um has had controversy around it but the prequels yeah. did as well uh, and yeah. i think both of them are equally good trilogies in in different ways but i think yeah. they both did a lot right and they both had things that could be worked on mm-hmm. now, one thing that really causes uh division in the star wars era is uh, is mainly last jedi it seems to be but the sequel trilogy yeah. as a whole of the three movies which which one was your favorite and which one do you think is the weaker of the three because everyone has a different op- opinion on this so mm. i'd be really intrigued to know of just those three episodes seven eight and nine how they rank in your mind yeah um that's a great question uh i would say like i think my favorite is force awakens i think not i mean i not that force awakens is like a spectacular movie but i remember like sitting in theaters and i'm like this is star wars like I can enjoy this. Like this is taking me to a galaxy far away, telling, starting to tell a new story. And like, it gets, um, it has that star Wars feel that we desire to have when we get new star Wars content. And I think that like that aspect, like carried that movie and it did it well. Um, Mm -hmm. I said like, it wasn't like, oh, this is the best movie in the world and mind blowing, but it was well done and gave us that um, feel like, hey, this is Star Wars. This is new Star Wars content. Um, and especially as they started to explore a new era of Star Wars with Dis- Disney um, and also just post uh, the original trilogy and all that. Uh, so I'd say I think my favorite um, just to sit down and enjoy watching is uh, Force Awakens. Um I would actually say, oh man, I'd actually probably say my least favorite is Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they kind of a mixed, uh, I, part of the reason I don't like Rise of Skywalker is, and the biggest reason is they, I think the story is plausible. The story mm-hmm. could be, I can buy the story. I can do that. But I think for me is, it's already a long movie and they just, I feel like they rushed us through it. Um, like I feel like I was like listening to an audiobook on two times speed, like, <laughs> like, I, like that sort of thing as I was like, I mean, like we get into it and the, like one of the first scenes is like, Oh, Palpatine survived. And like, like, okay, where in the world did this come from? Like, where are we going? <laughs> I think for me, it was just like, it was so fast. Like I felt like for me, like, the first part of rise of skywalker should have been like um in the last jedi like mm-hmm. that should have like had that set up and so i think for me that was um probably my least favorite just because it's i feel like it's so rushed in a lot of ways um and uh i think the continuity between directors as we know was a little rough there and <laughs> everything that happened is like it was just like okay like i feel like jj abrams was trying to go back to tell what he wanted Mm-hmm. um and then just rushed it um and so and so i mean yeah and i enjoyed the last jedi actually um i thought it was a pretty good movie i think my biggest issue with the last jedi is that um my biggest issue with the last jedi is the rise of skywalker um <laughs> and i think what i i because i remember when we walked out of uh last jedi i remember telling my brother i was like i was like and that wasn't a bad movie like i enjoyed that but i think what will um make a big difference is what they do with the third installment of the series of the uh trilogy is like the last jedi will in a lot of ways i think sometimes make or break what 
how good or the rise of Skywalker will make or break how good the last Jedi actually was. And so I think um, just the discontinuity there is part of uh, part of that for me. And just, I think how rushed the rise of Skywalker was, was just like, uh, like let's slow down here. Like what's going on. Let's dive into this a little more. And um, let's not go from Ray cutting a rock in half to, floating in the air 10 feet above the ground and like how do we get there sort of a thing um i guess for me and so um I, yeah i think that was the rise of skywalker was kind of probably my struggle with that and i think as that would have been done better i think last jedi could have been received better as well yeah that's very well put i mean the your analogy for the audiobook being on times two speed is perfect that is <laughs> as you said that just cracked me up because it was like like I, I, I enjoy all three of the movies, but I, I agree with you. I think, I think the Rise of Skywalker is the weakest for for all the reasons that you stated, and I just think there were Last Jedi kind of took, it, you know, Force Awakens gra- like created the the world at that point in a sense, and yeah. then took it somewhat in a direction, and then Last Jedi pushed it further in a slightly different direction. Yeah, and then as you said, it's kind of like. It felt like JJ came back and went, eh, let's just kind of taper that back in. So you've got this weird, yeah. it's not like a straight line. You've got like, yeah. it's, it's like a big curve, but you're like, yeah. you didn't go anywhere with the yeah. plot. The things you tweaked and brought back, it, it just, as you say, it, it took away somewhat from The Last Jedi. And every day of the week, I think about, do I prefer Force Awakens or Last Jedi? And I think of my core, my favorite, like the the thing I remember going to the cinema and seeing The Force Awakens and never thinking yeah. I'm going to get to see another Star Wars movie again and having that crawl come up, like yeah. nothing hit me in Star Wars like that did. Yeah. And then Last Jedi I really enjoyed, even though it has some jarring moments. It's got, you know, the layer in space scene is like, ah, that could have been done a bit better. The yeah. fact they killed Akbar and a few others off screen. You're like, yeah. there are lots of little parts to it that are a bit jarring in a, yeah. in a similar way to the prequels are in certain ways. Mm. There's just certain scenes that happen in the prequels and you're like, okay, it's this, the, it's this <laughs> bit again. Yeah. Whereas like Rise of Skywalker, I find, didn't have any scenes specifically that were like jarring like the prequels that the last jedi had but instead it just as you say it rushed through certain bits and then kept ramming extra stuff in and it felt like by the end of it you had more questions than you had answers and it's like yeah i feel like this should be the full stop not the open-ended stuff and and there's loads of little things i think about after the fact i know obviously years after it's come out it's easy to say this but i'm just like they included ray's lightsaber right at the end why didn't they have that at the start why couldn't it have started with her making her lightsaber? Wouldn't that have made more sense? And then she could have just had Anakin's broken lightsaber with her. Yeah. And that's what Ben Solo then uses to kind of, you know, to to win. And there was like the flashback with Luke and Leia. I was like, that was cool. But why is this now? Why was this not in like one of the previous movies? Why have you put yeah. in the finale, put a flashback about Leia just being like, oh yeah, she was very force sensitive. Was she? Yes. And let's never talk about it again. So like, what? <laughs> well, if this was in Last yeah. Jedi that would have made sense with her doing the uh, space Mary Poppins stuff a little bit more. Yeah. And I always say to people, like, I enjoy all, all of the films of the sequel trilogy. I enjoy all the Star Wars films. My least favorite piece of Star Wars content is actually the Clone Wars movie. Uh, mm, I, yeah. I've watched that a few times, and each time I watch it, it's slightly worse than last time. But <laughs> the series is really, really good, especially after, like, series two-ish. Yeah. But... The Rise of Skywalker, I felt like the the thing that as a Star Wars fan, I think that frustrates me the most about it is that, as you say, the broad strokes of the plot and the sort of big points were fine. 
but you've just got all these little bits in between and the certain elements that it just it didn't feel like a film made by someone who loved star wars it felt like a film my friend dave says like made by a committee it was almost mm. like we need this in it and this in it and this in it and let's just get it out <laughs> yeah. and finished yeah 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 definitely um and like well it's like i also feel like two things go with that is like i think the rise of skywalker like the premise for rise of skywalker i think that could have been three movies in itself oh yeah um like you have one movie that explores palpatine a little more and what all happened there and um like i mean just all that could have been like that could have rise of skywalker could have been the premise for the whole sequel trilogy Mm -hmm. um and i think like that and i think the other thing that probably didn't help the rise of skywalker either is like i like when we talked about like felt like it was watching it two times speed or whatever like also sometimes i felt like when we were when, with last jedi i felt like the last jedi was really slow at times like mm. like where are we go like i feel like we didn't cover much ground from when the last jedi started to when the last jedi ended and so that probably makes it even harder when you're trying to finish up a trilogy to say like hey this is what we're doing um as well and so i think just the the lack of continuity with all of it was just rough and very evident um still star wars i still like it um and still enjoy it and i mean and i think i definitely think there's some aspects of this uh, like i don't know what the what a show would look like um what like a standalone movie would look like for some of this stuff but like that we could fill in some of these gaps um in rise of skywalker that we could um add to like well just some of these things that are going on that would give more context to uh the sequel trilogy as well i think could be worth our while um and just uh i think that that would be something i'd be interested in um if they ever go that route but uh, i think that could be a fun thing to explore and like kind of add and build on to that i mean in some ways a little bit like the clone wars adds to the prequel trilogy um seeing a show somewhat in that same same vein same idea with uh, as the clone wars and adding to what is going on yeah yeah i agree because you could either do it one of two ways you could either do like a tales of the jedi kind of thing which obviously as we know mm-hmm. is going to be i think six episodes three about yeah. dooku's fall and three about ahsoka at various points in her life yeah. if we were one of those about ray and then maybe another one about like luke around that era and we got to got a yeah. bit more context and what about yeah. finn maybe i'd love to see i want we got a taste of it in the uh, lego holiday special finn post uh, episode nine where he's mm-hmm. force sensitive and stuff it's like that was another issue with rise of skull because he kept trying to tell ray something and i thought he was going to tell her that he loved her and then um jj came out and said that no he was meant to tell her that he could feel the force and i was like well now that you've told me that it makes sense in the film but why didn't you make it more obvious why didn't you make him you know him and um that woman that was with him who was like an ex-stormtrooper why didn't she slip Mm. off the ship and he like reaches with a force and holds her in place for a second just like some little hint but you were like oh no he can kind of hear the force somewhat oh yeah and that's that's it yeah but what why haven't you gone fully into this you you, it sounded like they had like 10 ideas and they're like let's just go with all of them and you're like, right, mm-hmm. but we don't have time for 10 ideas in this yeah, yeah. We have time yeah. for three. And they go, okay, well, let's let's give a bit of Palpatine. Let's not say how he got back. Let's not confirm how he came back. Let's not even do his speech thing that he did. That apparently to hear that, you have to listen to it in Fortnite. And I'm like, this is not the right way to go with the finale <laughs> of yeah, a trilogy. Yeah. And with yeah. you say with Last Jedi, like, 
there were pacing issues with Last Jedi and there were parts of it that I found a bit jarring. But I found the weakest thing from the kind of start of Last Jedi was they decided to start it literally minutes after the end of Force Awakens. And it's like, you get the original trilogy and there's, I think, three years between four and five and then about a year between five and six. And then with the prequels, you've got about 10 years between one and two and then about three years between two and three. With the sequel trilogy, you've got like an hour between between seven and eight. And then I think it's only six months to a year between um, episode um, eight and nine. So the whole sequel trilogy takes place over about a year which is smaller than the smallest time jump between any of the other movies. And I just don't really know why they did it. It's so mm-hmm. weird. You didn't get that chance to allow characters to breathe. You could have had flashbacks in at Last Jedi. If you said that Last Jedi is a year later or something, what happened to Rey on the island of Luke? You could have had her training with Luke on the island for a lot longer. You could have had yeah. some sort of element of that or not had her finish the film at Luke's island, have part of it like her spent, ages trying to find it there are just a lot of little missteps along the way and they seem to have just gone just kind of rolled with these missteps instead of trying to taper them in a way until it's too late yeah and yeah i do agree and i can't i sometimes i forget about that but just like the timeline of the sequel trilogy is so weird compared Mm -hmm. to the other two trilogies it's like give some space for i mean (laughs) i mean even from like i because i'm sitting here thinking even from a marketing standpoint like give space for us to be able to put a series in between yeah. episode. I mean, it's literally not impossible. I don't think to make a series between episodes six and seven, because it's so such a small time jump. Yeah. You probably could between seven and eight or uh, eight, and nine, but like, um, it's just like, even from like a content standpoint, it's hard to add content in there to what is going on with the story anyways. And so, yeah, it just makes a such a weird jump and a weird um, time frame there. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and it's you mentioned about the series as well, and I think a series like Clone Wars or Rebels would really help the sequel trilogy. They tried to do it with Resistance, but I watched all of Resistance. It took me ages to get through. It was a slog, and I don't recommend it to people. It's one of the only bits of Star Wars content that I say to people when they've asked me, should I watch Resistance? Yeah. I'm like, probably not. Like... I find the resistance is weaker than series one of Clone Wars. And I think Clone mm-hmm. Wars series one has got some brilliant episodes. Episodes like the Lair of Grievous is some of the coolest episodes yeah. of Clone Wars. Yeah. But you just have a lot of fluff in the middle. And mm. with 24 episodes, you only need like 10 really in that first series that are any good. But with resistance, it was, you know, there was like 16 odd episodes per series. The whole of the first series was so, so hard for me to watch, like so hard to get through. It was so boring. Mm. And then series two was better. But mm-hmm. in in that uh, resistance has only taken place over a very short period of time, and it doesn't really connect with the sequel trilogy that much. The, yeah. the series one ends when the Force Awakens starts, so you get Hosni and Prime blow up and things, and that's connected to one of the main characters. Yeah. But then it doesn't really amount to anything. And then series two is like it's happening at the same time as the Last Jedi, but it doesn't really seem to be connected to it at all. Whereas mm. with Clone Wars and Rebels, you get pivotal things that happen that connect. Yeah. Or like Rebels is so far, you know, it starts off a few years before uh, A New Hope. And then as it gets closer and closer, as more connections, there's like a couple of arcs which are connected to Saw Gerrera. And obviously mm-hmm. that connects with Rogue One. You get like Lando pop up. You get Mon Mothma pop up. You get other characters. Leia pops yeah. up as well. You yeah. get these characters. So you're like, oh, I'm getting a connection to the original trilogy mm-hmm. while it's standing at its own feet. But Resistance, it, it felt like because the Resistance was made 
while the other films were being made, they were so restricted in what they could do, and the animation style was quite different, and they seemed to aim it at a much younger audience. There's all these <coughs> strange, jarring elements, and yeah. it was just quite bizarre. Like, I don't know if did you ever catch any resistance? Yeah, I think I watched. Yeah, it was, was there's just two seasons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I watched both of them, and yeah, I agree. It's just like I, I do feel like it was geared towards a very young mm. um, age group, and also like. Like you said, it didn't have a. I mean, any it didn't have any significant connection to the rest of the story, mm-hmm. um, and so for me, it was just like you said, it's kind of a slog to get through, and it was what it was. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I, and for me, it's kind of like eh, okay, great, we'll move on and go find something more exciting to watch. So <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like when people talk on some of the Facebook groups or forums and things I'm a part of, and they go, "Oh, should I watch Resistance?" And it's like, I never want, because a lot of people worked on Resistance, even Dave Filoni did actually work on it to a degree. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never want to say any content that someone creates isn't good because the amount of work that went into it. But it's just one of those things where it just felt so flat. And I feel so Mm -hmm. bad when I tell people when they're like, should I watch Resistance? I'm like, probably not. If if you're desperate to and you're like I was and like I think you were, where it's like, yeah. I need, you know, need to watch all the movies and then all the series. Everything else I'll try where I can, but there's so much yeah. other content is near impossible. But I can just kind of deal with, I can deal with exactly what I can kind of manage. So with Resistance, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll get into it. And then I started series one and it's the only Star Wars content I really had to force myself to watch, uh, yeah. which is quite sad. But if yeah. we kind of change gear um, to some more optimistic elements and things, yeah. is if we speak about the wider Star Wars uh, galaxy, but not through the screen, but through books and comics. Now yeah. you already sort of mentioned, and I know in your conversation with your brother, you mentioned about the, the Thrawn uh, books. And I know that you did an episode yeah. which featured about Thrawn as well. Yeah, that yeah. I listened to. Yeah. So are the, is is Thrawn sort of, or are the Thrawn books your favorite Star Wars books that you've read? Um, I just tell us a little bit about the Thrawn books, and then any other sort of, uh, and connected with that. If they're not your favorite book trilogy or books, what your ones are, we can kind of go from there. Yeah, um, yeah, I think Thrawn is definitely up there. Um, I think it. We get a glimpse of Thrawn and um, and Rebels, mm-hmm. um, and it takes the Thrawn trilogy to um, just another. We get to see who Thrawn is, um, and I think uh, I, it's definitely up there for probably my top three more of like books and that sort of thing. So, which there's two Thrawn trilogies that are canon, um, and then there's one that is um, not canon as well. That's Legends material, but I think I think the other thing I appreciate about what they did with Thrawn trilogy as well is that they actually took um, quite a few things from the Legends one and brought it into um, canon with those books. And so um, they definitely pulled that. Um, other And part of that's probably because it's the same author that did all three trilogies, so um, makes it easy to do that um, in a lot of ways. But um, I think, yeah, Thrawn um, is a both the canon trilogies, they're great trilogies to read. Um, they are... One tells about Thrawn more during the uh, prequel era um, when he's kind of rising to the ranks in the Chiss Ascendancy um, and uh, what they call the chaos or what um, what we hear more as a wild space um, in the unknown regions. And so um, I think that's another fun part about it is we get to see, um, at least to my knowledge, some of the most 
most uh, content that we get that's like wild space, um, mm-hmm. that's beyond the known galaxy um, that we see in the trilogies, um, movie trilogies and things. And so I think for me, that's a lot of fun. And then we also just kind of get to see how second trilogy um, dives into like how Thrawn rose in the ranks of the Empire, how he got into the Empire from wild space, uh, and how his relationship with Vader um, is very I find that always fun and very intriguing um, and his relationship with Tarkin um, and the emperor and all, everything that happens there as well. Um, I think is, uh, yeah, it's, I, I very much enjoy that just cause it's a different piece of star Wars that is um, kind of does its own thing, kind of does mm-hmm. its own, uh, tells its own story, um, but also relates to um, the Skywalker saga as we know it um, as well. And so, yeah, Thrawn's definitely out there. I think the other one for me um, is actually uh, the Soka book um, mm, yeah. by E.K. Johnston. And it's uh, it takes place in between, um, well, it's in between season seven of Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, and it is just extremely well done uh, and just gives a little bit more backstory to Ahsoka and what she was doing um, and uh, during that time frame and that sort of thing. And so I think th- I, I very much enjoyed that um, book as well. I'm trying to think what, um, what else. Cause did you, wise. did you ever just, was the Thrawn books, were they where you started reading Star Wars? Um, I'm trying to think what they might, I think those were the first ones I read. Um, I think when I started really diving the books, those were the first ones I read. So yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's funny. Cause I think Ahsoka was the first one I read because obviously when, okay. uh, when I've actually got it over there, that's why I was looking over that. I was like, can I reach it from here? I was like, not quite. Um, but the, the Ahsoka book obviously was made when series, when Clone Wars got canceled, uh, after series six. Uh, mm-hmm. and then they were like, we're probably not going to be able to finish Ahsoka's story. And then she pops up in Rebels and it's like, we don't have time to go into the details of Clone Wars. So they let E.K. Johnston, you know, look at the scripts and things and yeah. work with what happened there. And then you get mm-hmm. a few flashbacks with her sort of uh, yeah. confrontation with Maul in the Siege of Mandalore. But one of the things I loved was, yeah, she her finding herself in the universe, kind of seeing what it's like post Order 66, because most Jedi mm-hmm. got killed then or they yeah. had like a specific mission like yeah. Obi-Wan or Yoda. Yeah. Whereas she didn't really know what to do with herself. And she just tried mm-hmm. to go out and be a good person without yeah. trying to show off she's a Jedi, but she kept doing things not dissimilar to Kyle Kestis in certain ways where yeah. just couldn't help being good. And then in doing yeah. that, they kind of out themselves and have to leave. And yeah. I liked that element and the fact that you get to hear about sort of lightsaber purification, like a, of a mm-hmm. red crystal and things. It was yeah, such a yeah. cool idea. That was neat. Yeah. I love that element. So you yeah. bring up the Ahsoka book is one that I say to people, if you're a fan of the Clone Wars and Rebels or Ahsoka in general, it really yeah. adds a lot to the character. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to be touching upon, there's rumors, uh, not leaks. I, I don't talk about leaks um, and I try to avoid them where I can, but there's rumors that one of the uh, Tales of the Jedi episodes is going to kind of retell what happened in the Ahsoka book where mm, she's confronted yeah. by the Sith Lord and gets the crystals yeah, and things because yeah. we haven't seen that actually happen yet. In the High Republic yeah. there's a character who did it in uh, the book Shadow of the Sith. Luke mentions um, doing mm. it and he, he does it for um, to help someone but we don't actually get to see the purification process just like on screen we've not seen lightsaber bleeding so I'd yeah. be really intrigued to see in Tales of the Jedi have Dooku bleed his lightsaber crystal which would be very intriguing to see mm-hmm. and then watch Ahsoka purify hers i i would love that so the ahsoka that, books are really good shout 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, both those, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see that. And I, on with the, I hope we do see the bleeding, uh, lightsaber bleeding, just because I do. Dooku has the same hilt. I'm pretty sure um, that we see in the uh, trailer as he does in the prequels, and so I'm hoping we see that. But uh, and so, but I think also like um, another book. I don't think this is Legends, but um, A New Dawn, mm. um, which is about Hera and Kanan. Uh, Harrison Dula and Kanan Jarrus, yeah. uh, and prior to the Rebels uh, TV show, I really enjoyed that book as well. That was it, um, very well done as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I could go on with books. Um, there, there's a lot of good ones. I know. I mean, we talked when you were on my podcast uh, recently. Here, you we discussed the High Republic um, and those books and everything um, that era as well. And so, I mean, I've really enjoyed those. The, oh, the other books I've actually read that I found very intriguing. They're they're um I think they're more they're geared towards probably teenage young girls. Um, but is the Padme trilogy, mm. um, which uh by E.K. Johnson as well. And that that's a really good trilogy. And I well for me, I just enjoyed getting more of that background on Padme and like kind of the inner workings of when she was queen and when she was senator and um, everything that happened with that as well. So I enjoyed that. So, but yeah, there's, there's a lot out there. Um, but uh, I'd say Thrawn is a great, great ones to pick up. Um, and then also I think Ahsoka is probably up there as well, especially if you like Clone Wars or Rebels or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned uh, uh, the, the Padme books, the Queen's trilogy, because you're the second or third person who's mentioned them to me and it's one of those things where you know there's only i'm trying to make sure i read every single piece of high republic content that i can Mm -hmm. so i'm still making my way through midnight horizon and when i finish that i'll be up to date and then in like you know a few weeks time we've got the the phase two coming out yeah um but aside where i'm trying to keep on top of everything high republic and then all the other books kind of come second Mm -hmm. i listened to the audiobook of a new dawn and i thought that was quite cool hearing about Hera and kane and meeting and then with uh the queen's trilogy though is just one of those trilogies where i just i was like I, I, maybe i'll read them at some point but yeah. i think it's one of those trilogies that so many people have recommended them to me and said that mm. you know especially as a prequels fan yeah there's so much cool stuff because you get to see like what the queen and what her handmaids were doing during the events of the phantom menace yeah and parts yeah. of that yeah it, yeah and it's neat um my wife my wife gave me a really hard time when i bought the uh, I think the last one, because so I I don't know why I'm like this, but like whenever I buy hardcover and they have like the cover to the hardcover, like the paper cover, I like I can't stand having that on a book. So I yeah. always take it off. Um, but when I took it off, like the hardcover, like is like a bright, hot pink. Um, and so my wife, so I'm like, anytime like I'm sitting there reading, she's like, I think she took a picture and sent it to us my family. It was like, <laughs> Isaac's reading a girl's book or, and that sort of thing. And so, um, but the, so like, uh, it's definitely geared towards um, young girls, um, but it adds a lot to who Padme is and um, that. So, um, but yeah, it's a good trilogy. I would, I would recommend it. Um, getting to it at some point. I know there's a lot to get into. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is funny though, isn't it? Because even when I think as a beauty of Star Wars, is that certain elements of it, even if it can be 
the primary audience can be a certain demographic mm-hmm. of individuals, but you can still find ways to pick them up and still enjoy them. And you, you know, you especially, you know, you may not be the the main key demographic that's being focused on, but it just shows how good E.K. Johnson is of an author yeah. that yeah. she can create content, maybe aimed at someone else, but it still works for some mm-hmm. not the primary audience. So that's really yeah. cool. Um, as we're kind of re- we're getting nearer the end here, we'll, st- we'll start to wrap up a little bit. But I want to ask um, just a couple more questions here. Um, yeah. One of them was just about sort of comics. Now, mm-hmm. I myself, um, I personally, I, I think in in the the general idea of how uh, content is consumed for Star Wars is movies is the main thing, then series, then games, then books, then comics are basically at the bottom. They're the least yeah. consumed piece of Star Wars content. And yeah. that, that's fine. I speak to plenty of Star Wars fans who've read loads of books, haven't read any comics, and I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, out of interest, have you read many of uh, the comics in any Star Wars uh, era? I think I've read like three. Um, wow. So not very many at all. Um, that's fine. So, um, and they're all High Republic. Um, mm. so is all I've read. Um, actually, our, um, my local library, they have given out like free, like sitting out free, uh, issues of some of the co- High Republic comics. So oh, nice. I just, I just happened to grab, I just happened to like, oh, take them and re- look through them and read them. And, <laughs> um, so, but that's the most I've ever interacted with any Star Wars comics. Mm, that's fair enough. Well, I'd say, um, what I generally say to people is, um, you can, you could do something called Marvel Marvel Unlimited and you mm-hmm. can do a week trial of that, or it might be a couple weeks trial of that. And, I really recommend people check that out because it has got the vast majority of Star Wars comics, both can- canon and legends. Mm. But there's, um, okay. if, you, if you're interested, uh, and any listeners, this confirms to as well, um, in the Ahsoka novel, when she uh, purifies a lightsaber crystal, if you want to see what it's like bleeding a lightsaber crystal, whether or not it happens in Tales of the Jedi, hope it does. But if it yeah. doesn't, um, there's two books. Um, were two comic collections by Charles Saul, who obviously is one of the High Republic authors. He wrote mm-hmm. uh, Like the Jedi. Um, he wrote a tw- uh, 2017 run of Darth Vader comics. I believe there are 20 of them. Um, okay. And I would say that's some of the best Star Wars you can read. It's just after Revenge of the Sith. It's Vader getting used to being in the suit and kind of finding himself, but mm-hmm. he also bleeds his lightsaber crystal. And that okay. is like one issue. And I I think it's just issue six. So even if you just read the first few, yeah, um, yeah. I really recommend checking those out. And there's another series by Charles Saul, which is um, The Rise of Kylo Ren. And I actually, okay. that was the episode I just released on my... Um, on my Star Wars show. I I, it, yeah. I did it originally for my first ever episode, but I mm-hmm. didn't have the format down exactly what I wanted, so I, I changed yeah. the format and have now redone it. Yeah. And it's four issues, and it just shows what happened to Kylo Ren straight after um, the temple, uh, after he did that thing with Luke, where he crushes Luke with the um, heart oh, yeah. scene in Last yeah, Jedi. Yeah. And you get to see how he became the leader of the Knights of Ren, how he mm-hmm. led his lightsaber crystal, what actually happened to him after that point yeah um so those are the two comics i'd i'd recommend to people if you have if you have time between all the book reading and stuff yeah, um, yeah. even if you just do a trial on marvel unlimited because you can find them there mm-hmm. it's really worth checking those two out in particular and that will kind of give you a nice in because a lot yeah. of people there's a main run of star wars comics uh, there's one from 2015 which is 75 issues um and that's by jason aaron and then there's the 2020 run which at the moment is on issue 27 or something and the main run of star wars comics i enjoy 
but I really do not recommend them for people uh, as first-time comic readers or getting uh-huh. into the, the Star Wars realm. A lot of people go, yeah, just mm. start with Star Wars. And then you read yeah. them and it's like, it's all about Luke, Han, Leia, and um, Chewie. And they're fun, but the problem is where the first batch is set between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and then the second batch is set between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. the vast majority of it, there's no stakes of any kind. There's just none. Because mm. you know exactly, mm. you know none of them are going to be too injured before any of the films or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I always recommend the Vader comics, because although you know Vader's going to survive, you get a lot to Vader that you don't get to see anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, with Kenobi, we got a bit of it, and you get a bit of it in Rebels as well. But for mm. the most part, from Revenge of the Sith to uh, A New Hope, or Rogue One technically, you don't get much Vader. So yeah. I, I would really recommend the 2017 run of Darth Vader comics by Charles Saul, because they tell a really good story. You get a lot of inner workings of the Empire kind of turning into, um, or the Republic turning into the Empire. And it does connect with Rebels in a lot of cool ways. So I do suggest them to anyone listening as well. Um, So the sort of final sort of mentions with, uh, I say Star Wars, is there's there's one question I want to ask you um, before we wrap up. And that was just Star Wars in itself I think what sets apart from other sci-fi and space fantasy things is primarily the Force and by proxy lightsabers and things. Now, the Force is obviously in Star Wars. It's a very spiritual thing. Everyone kind of interprets it in different ways. And I myself, one of the ways I kind of perceive the universe to some degree, I may be an atheist or an agnostic, depending on what day you get me, um, but I don't necessarily believe there is a God, but I believe that the universe has a degree of consciousness and that, you know, we are beings of light and energy and that's kind of what f- pushes the universe. Yeah. And I'm always intrigued when I meet individuals, uh, whether or not they are religious or spiritual, if in the elements of Star Wars that tackle the force and spirituality, do those parts connect with you especially or do you find with having a religious preference of your own, you don't necessarily connect to that element. I just wonder if you could tell me any amount that you would uh, about if Star Wars' spirituality side of things, if that does connect with you at all. Yeah, it, do- it does. Um, I think the Force is... Um, it, I, it always has intrigued me, I think, is a way to... That there's a... I mean, I think in some ways, like, the Force isn't a being but it kind of points to a greater being a greater um purpose within the star wars universe um Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing and so i think for me it has always connected in some ways so um my religious background i'm a christian um and so i'm actually a pastor um and uh so but for me i think it has been a connection of like i think also like there's a element just of like i think the Jedi and seeing what is good in the world. Um, also balanced with what is not the, there's bad things in the world as well. There's things that um, are harmful. And um, I think most people agree on, I mean, here in the States, we just had a hurricane go through Florida um, and kind of the East coast and uh, that sort of thing. And so that's kind of been, I mean, I think most of us would agree that like, that ha- something like that happening and killing and uh killing people along with just the damage that is done is like that's not a good thing mm-hmm. um and like we can all agree on that for the most part i think a lot of people would and so there's this i think for me it's just that element of like i can connect to this good and bad that we see in our world um that i also believe in my faith there's good and bad um in the world there's uh 
for me, that is uh, Jesus is the good side of it. And we have uh, what he has done for us on the cross and that sort of thing um, in my faith and what I believe. And so for me, that is the um, kind of the light side. And for me, I mean, is what how Satan works in the world and what is going on and the evil things that are happening and harm that is done to people uh, and part of what me as a Christian would believe is uh, living in a fallen world and um, and that sort of thing. And so for me, there's been always that balance and that like, kind of like I can see that in star Wars as well. Um, and, it, and for me, it doesn't necessarily like, Oh, the force is the same thing as God for me, but it's uh, there, there's similarities. There's um, things we can um, take away from it as well. And I think, I think one thing, and I hadn't thought about this a whole lot before, but I think also like for me, it's like there's so many lessons in Star Wars that we can take mm-hmm. just and apply to life. Um, I was having a conversation um, uh, a little bit ago, or I think earlier here in September for one of my guests, if you guys listened to the episode, um, with uh, Big T and Little T, their father's son that do podcasts. And the dad was just talking about how like, for him, Star Wars is a way to teach life lessons to his kids. Um, and I don't know what his faith background is or anything like that. But I think that um, for me also is like, we can just learn life lessons and how to live life a little bit better from um, different elements in Star Wars and um, that sort of thing as well. So um yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that, that would kind of be my answer to that. Um, uh, so, I, yeah, it's, it is very interesting, I think, always to see, like, the there's that religious element to um, what happens in Star Wars with the Force and um, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, does that answer your question? Or oh, yeah, it any does. Fur- any further questions with that? that that's brilliant. I mean, it, th- I really appreciate being open uh, and honest with that element of things, especially something as personal as uh, religion to yourself. But, yeah, I think... Star Wars, I think one of the beauties of it is that whether or not you are a religious individual or not, whatever degree of spirituality one does or doesn't uh, believe in, and any of the major religions, I feel like Star Wars has enough in it that it can connect with someone on mm-hmm. those right levels you know the idea of good yeah. and evil is something that i think transcends yeah. all religion in a way mm-hmm. that it can all be viewed and as you yeah. say the, the lessons that one can learn in star wars is it's very telling and when i eventually have kids one day um i want to show them star wars I, i'm yeah. i've got in my uh, basket at the moment on amazon uh the three sort of really young novels of the high republic you know the ones that are basically okay, yeah. redone yeah, yeah. versions of the adult notebooks with pictures and i'm like I keep looking at them. I'm like, I'm going to buy them all just so when I have kids, I can read them those elements of Star Wars. And I think there's so many lessons to Star Wars, as you say. And I just think that, yeah, the ideas of good and evil and like Jesus is almost like, I do not want to blaspheme in any way uh, before I say this, but it's almost like he's like the original Jedi almost. He's like, he's how uh, the, the ideal way of, of living, regardless of whether or not you believe in religious Jesus, the whole idea of him is he's meant to be the best of us. He's Mm -hmm. meant to be an individual who shows that's how you make the right decisions. You know, there's that Mm -hmm. age or term, what would Jesus do? Even if you're not religious, you can still see that things that Jesus did, he was trying his best. He was doing what he believed to be right all the time. And I think when you look into the Jedi, the most, like the epitome of what being a Jedi truly is in the right ways are people like Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, people who are willing to suffer and go through these hardships 
you know, of Obi-Wan especially, there's a lot of imagery, I yeah, think, with yeah. Jesus in that realm. Even him spending so long in on Tatooine in the desert. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Jesus spent 40 days, 40 nights in the, the desert and things. And it, I think it's just, you can learn so much from the ideas of Jesus and you can learn so much from the ideas of what it is to be a good person. And I think Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and characters like that are the poster children of that in a yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's always hard because it's like none of that is like verbatim and it's not like exactly the same, but there's always, like you said, there's elements in that uh, sort of thing of seeing those connections um, and those ways that um, I think it's, the, I mean, it's kind of what we talked about before is like for us, like Star Wars can be a, kind of an escape from reality is something to enjoy. But part of the reason I enjoy it, at least, and I'm guessing you do, is there's also aspects of real life in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's aspects of things we can connect to in that aspect. Um, yeah, and um, kind of on a faith-based side, but not quite as serious, the other thing I was going to mention here is I know as I have read um, read the Bible and like know, like learned and that sort of thing, that also as i read the bible and as i read like star wars books or things like that it's uh for me it's been fun <laughs> every once in a while you can be like oh that name like i'm guessing might have came from the bible or like is like some like i can't think of a gr- good example right now but like kind of an obscure name for a planet was yeah. a uh landmark in the bible or something like that and so i think for me like and that's more just a fun kind of random thing but like i've seen that connection as well it's uh um just kind of peak man just i was like ah, that's interesting um <laughs> and where that might have got pulled from or i mean even if it wasn't like directly from the bible just the meaning of that word for whatever um that george lucas was doing or the creators were doing um the reason they picked that and so i just found that kind of intriguing as well mm-hmm. yeah totally i mean it it is one of those things i, I love the connection star wars do to in universe and outer universe mm-hmm. there's lots of there are lots of fun little things that like there's certain species that are named after other things and it's because the latin word of that actually means yeah, this thing yep, so exactly. I, I know the kind of stuff you mean and when you find those little bits you're like oh wow that's cool like yeah. being a star wars nerd yeah. you kind of get rewarded yeah see so, yeah, I, I totally get that and thank you once again for sharing with the uh yeah, the, the side of things so um We'll wrap up here then. Um, please tell people, um, A, obviously I'll put links in the description. I'll even put um, a link mentioning the yeah. conversation you had with Big T and Little T so people can yeah. check that out straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll put a link to your social media and your podcast feed and mm-hmm. all those things. But please, uh, if, is there any sort of final words about anything at all that you want to say to the audience before we uh, wrap this call up? Yeah, um, I think I think for me, like Star Wars, and we talked about this as well, it's like Star Wars is just an escape a place to have fun um i mean like there's serious things we can learn about it but also part of it just have fun with it um enjoy it and i think at the end of the day like i was i tell on my own podcast i tell people a lot of times i'm like i'm still learning like i want to learn more stuff so like i love having conversations go find people to have conversations with come find me on uh texting conversation or dm conversation with you i just love talking about star wars um and learning about different aspects um of star wars and that sort of thing and so um yeah just enjoy it it's a place to have fun a place to um relax and uh kind of get away from the world 
Perfect. Well, thank you once again, Ike, for coming on the show. It's been delightful being able to return the favor after you very kindly yeah. had me on your show. And it's been yeah. great being able to chat with you for so long about mm. something we're both so passionate about. So just yes, thank you so much once again for coming on the show. And uh, we'll have to collaborate again in the near future. Yeah, definitely. It's been great, great being on and um, I've enjoyed it a lot. And that's the end of the conversation. Thank you so much for listening, as always, my friends. As I said in the intro, make sure you check out information in the show notes. I put loads of work into my show notes. There are links to my appearance on Ike's Flame, as well as Ike's various social media and whatnot, as well as the many guest spots that I've been involved with as well. And I will note here that my Star Wars Comics in Canon episode this week, uh, I released like a Patreon special thing because I'd recorded my Obi-Wan episode and then my laptop decided to die. So that was good fun. So I'm currently using... Megan's laptop so some of the things like the artwork and other bits and pieces may not be how they normally are like perfect because I don't have photoshop on Megan's laptop I don't have a lot of things I have on my other laptop so I've had to kind of um, Frankenstein things together there's certain things I realized I should have had saved in my OneDrive but I don't Uh, so that's a little bit of a problem that I'll have to deal with as soon as I get my laptop back hopefully from repair and nothing will have been deleted from it but we shall see but yeah so the next week or two is going to be a little bit dicey I don't know exactly exactly how I'm going to do things. I'm I'm probably next week just going to have to re-record all of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, do that on a Monday and try and get it edited and recorded and released. Um, but I have got two podcasts due for recording next week. We've got the next edition of the Disney discussion, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And then I've also got a conversation with Elise McCall planned, and she is the individual who's the artist on the Reburn comics. I spoke with her and Alison uh, a few weeks ago, well, it's a couple months ago, I think, but I released it a few weeks ago, and we're going to talk about art in general, and it, she just has some really, really cool art work likes a lot of cool things it's going to be a really really fun conversation there so they're the two i've got planned for next week i've got other things in the sort of background and whatnot but i'll tell yourselves about those normally once i've recorded them it's just because you know disney discussions is an ongoing thing and obviously elise has been on the podcast before so i'm a little bit more safe when it comes to having people on there rather than announcing someone's going to be on the show and then they don't but aside from all my laptop problems and all that sort of jazz, uh, make sure you tune into my various other things. So obviously Disney discussions, the most recent one was released on Spider-Dan The Secret Balls, where we talk about the weird movies that Disney don't want you to see, which is Watcher in the Woods, Dragon Slayer, and Something Wicked This Way Comes. Um, we also appeared on the She-Hulk episode 7, which is on the Comics Emotion feed. I also appeared, I believe, on episode 3 of Marvel Plus's She-Hulk discussion as well. I also appeared on Frank Burns' I Like the Sound podcast, and obviously I appeared on the Ike's Flame podcast. Podcast. So links to all those things are in the description. And if you want even more content from ourselves, especially in this spooky time of year, uh, please go over to patreon.com slash genuine chitschat. For as little as £1 a month, you get access to a whole host of additional exclusive content. So myself and Megan are watching a lot of horror films this year. Uh, we're trying to get through loads of them. We're doing the Scream franchise. Last year we did the Halloween franchise, excluding Halloween 4, 5, 6 and the Rob Zombie reboots. So we just did some of the core ones. So we did Halloween 1, 2 and 3, Halloween H2O, Halloween Halloween 2018 and then we've recently done Halloween Kills as well so if you want to hear our thoughts on Halloween as well as Scream and some other horror films that we've been doing we've done also Hocus Pocus which obviously is a Halloween movie not a horror one Uh, we also watched the others recently so we've done that and we've also done a couple of others we have got recorded or are due to record so watching a lot of horror movies at the moment so that's what you can expect in October from the afterthoughts and I'm trying to 
I'm trying to release more than one episode a week as well. It's actually kind of two at the moment, and so I'm trying to push that envelope. And obviously, anyone who is listening to this, all my Patreon supporters listened to this part last week because they got early access. So you get early access to part one and part two of Genuine Chit Chat episodes. The whole episode gets released as one go uh, when part one drops on this normal feed. And then when part two drops on this normal feed, the Patreon supporters then also get a bonus episode of Afterthoughts, which today was our uh, review of Halloween Kills. So my friends, please follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, on Good Pods, on all the other places that you can review. Please try and do that. Please share on social media. Please tell your friends. It really means the world. But if you've done all those things and you want to support the show even more and you want to get bonus content, go to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat and make sure you subscribe to me on YouTube at youtube.com slash genuine chit chat because there are video versions of most of the episodes as of recently. Uh, I do have a video version for this conversation with Ike, um, but unfortunately it's with my other laptop, so I don't really know what I'm going to do about that, but I'll figure it out. But thank you so much, my friends. I really appreciate each and every one of you listening all the way to the end. Please follow Ike on social media, listen to the episode I did with him, and just support myself and any of the creators that I collaborate with. It means a lot. And obviously check out my Star Wars show. If you haven't checked out, it's Star Wars Comics in Canon. You can find it on my YouTube channel. All the episodes are there. They're in playlists and things if you want a place to start. Or you just go over to the, the podcast feed of Comics in Motion. Every Saturday I release an episode of Star Wars Comics in Canon. You never have to have read a Star Wars comic in your entire life. You never have to have seen one. You never have to have read a comic. The whole point of the show, the kind of way I've put it together, is that you never have to have read the comic I'm tackling on that week. I go through the plot details, you get a good understanding of what happens, and along the way I talk about various connections to other content, including when characters pop up from other stuff, species come up, certain planets and things I want to talk about. I give like fact files and information and trivia and stuff too. Loads of cool things. It's a great way to expand your Star Wars knowledge without having to touch a comic, but you will have that comic knowledge and some additional stuff about the canon. So please consider checking that out too. But that's going to be enough for me, my friends. Thank you so much for listening as always. Oh, I would also say, obviously, you heard in the intro that Kevin Scott did a little intro for me which I really appreciate. I spoke with Kevin Scott and also Claudia Gray who are both High Republic authors. You can check out the video version of my conversation with Kevin Scott over on my YouTube channel or you can just listen to the audio version of it by just by just typing in Kevin Scott Genuine Chit Chat wherever you listen to podcasts and it will be there. So if you're interested by that which I assume you are because you like Star Wars go check that out. But that's enough for my friends. Thank you so much for listening as always. And I'll be talking to you next week, I think, with my episode with Elise. I believe that's what I'm going to be dropping uh, then because I think I'm going to wait Disney discussions. Just a little bit of breathing room since the last one came out only a couple weeks ago. But yes, that's what you can expect. So thank you, my friends. I'll speak to you soon. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.